Hi, I'm Jane O'Reilly, and this is Ageless. I'm 40, and my life is just getting started. I'm here to share real talk and real experiences about how to live life ageless. Nothing's off the table. You know the vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to Ageless. I'm Jane O'Reilly, and today I am joined by Dr. Greg Hammer. He is a professor at Stanford University School of Medicine, pediatric intensive care physician, pediatric anesthesiologist, mindfulness expert, and the author of Gain Without Pain, the Happiness Handbook for Healthcare Professionals. A member of the Stanford Wellness MD Initiative, Dr. Hammer is the former chair of the Physician Wellness Task Force for the California Society of Anesthesiologists. He has been a visiting professor and lecturer on wellness and institutions worldwide and teaches his GAIN method to medical students, residents, and fellows at Stanford. Dr. Hammer's clinical focus is in pediatric cardiac anesthesia and pediatric or pediatric critical care medicine. His research is in developmental pharmacology and immunology, and he has an active laboratory with multiple ongoing studies in these areas. Dr. Hammer is a health enthusiast and meditator utilizing a non-duality and mindfulness-based approach, including his GAIN method. Dr. Hammer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be with you. And that is quite the resume. You are absolutely incredible. Well, you get an A for pronouncing all the words correctly. <laughs> that was my biggest fear before jumping on, to be quite honest with you. Well done. Thank you so much. I, you know, there's so many directions we can go here, but what I wanted to start with is mental health. And why do you think improving mental health and well being is the number one resolution in 2023? Jana, I think there's only one thing that all apparently now 8 billion of us want, and that is happiness. And I believe that happiness is our true nature. However, our ability to be joyful is apparently veiled by the way our brains are wired. Our brains are wired to have a negativity bias. We tend to remember negative things and forget about the positive things. So we get out, get out of bed in the morning and get our bearings and we start thinking of the challenges in our lives and perhaps for the day and start to get a little bit anxious about that. We all do. So if anybody feels that way, please remember that you are not alone. This is just the way the human brain is wired. And another way our brains have become wired through tens of thousands of years of evolution is to be wary and quite preoccupied in maladaptive ways with the past and the future. And happiness lives in the present moment. So when we're overthinking the past and the future, we are not in the present moment. And so we are not really experiencing the only moment we ever truly experience, which is this one. And we're not particularly happy. And with regard to those two attributes of our brains, the negativity bias and <clears throat> distraction with the past and future, there has been no three or four year period in my lifetime that has been more challenging than this past few years. And so there's a lot to feed our negativity bias and there's a lot to distract us about what has happened and what may lie ahead. And so these things are, you know, interfere with our happiness. They bring depression and anxiety. And so, of course, 
this has been a tough time for everybody. And it really puts a focus on our mental health. There's a lot of mental unhealth across the world, in fact. And, and so, of course, this is first and foremost on our checklist that is to be happier. And, uh, you know, we do face quite a number of challenges in that regard. I loved when you shared about past and future, because that's where I always have to bring myself. If I'm in any kind of fear, that means I'm spending too much time on the past and spending too much time in the illusion of future. I only have the present moment. And when I can bring myself back to that present moment, I have a better shot at having that peace, at having that happiness, at having that joy, which we all desire. Yes, that's beautiful. Well, you know, the good news is that even though our brains are wired uh, to some degree against our being present and more positive, we have a wonderful quality called neuroplasticity. That means we can modify the way we think and be if we have a plan. And, you know, I, I commonly refer to Dr. John Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness. It's awareness of the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally. So awareness of the present moment, that's where happiness resides on purpose. Why do we have to do it on purpose? Well, because if we, la if we lapse into our default way of thinking, the way our brains are wired, again, we're negative, we're distracted. So we have to have a plan. And then the final ingredient in that definition, which I think could be the definition not only of mindfulness, but of happiness, is non-judgmentally. And we can talk about judgment and why that interferes with our ability to feel happy. But we do have to have a plan. And the good news is if we do have a plan, we can rewire our brains and we can spend more time really focused on that magical present moment. I think you nailed it with having to have a plan because otherwise we're stagnant and we're just staying the same. And what's the point of living if we're just staying the same? Exactly. Well, you know, we do have to have purpose and intention and, you know, with regard to our physical fitness and our mental fitness. And I have to say, I spied on you online, uh, which I usually do. I, I, I try to get a little bit familiar with the host before I, I do one of these interviews. And uh, I really admire your six pack. So that takes a plan, right? I mean, that takes discipline. Discipline means having purpose. It means doing something even when there seems to be something dragging your attention and your will away from that something. So I'm sure that you work out regularly. And I'm sure there are times when you don't really feel like working out where you could just sort of lie on the couch and look at a magazine or read a book or watch television or what have you. And it takes purpose to stay in good physical condition and it takes a plan. And so it's really relevant to all aspects of our lives. I couldn't agree more. And I really appreciate you saying what you said. And it does take a plan and it does take like daily, daily positive thinking. I mean, I fill myself up every morning with spiritual tools and it really helps me stay just in that positive state. And I am much better off. And I am more determined when I do that 
But also I don't just go into the gym without a plan. I have a plan before I go in. I might not write out everything I'm going to do, but I have a general sense of what's going to happen each day. And I have to be diligent in the kitchen. You know, I can't just eat like an asshole. Otherwise I'm going to end up (laughs) with, you know, results I don't want. But um, it also has to do with being able to control the things that I'm able to control. And I haven't been able to exercise for about a month because I, I had bronchitis and didn't even know it. And was just walking around with bronchitis and was super sick. I thought I just had a cold and I finally went to urgent care and, and found out, you know, I, I had bronchitis and I had to get on some steroids and get an inhaler. And I feel a little bit better today. Um, not completely like myself, but so I could only control what I could control. I'm not going to go into the gym and work out if my health isn't on the line, you know? So it's rest was the most important thing, but I had to be more diligent about what was going in my mouth. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, we can talk about my gain approach, which is my meditative practice every morning and that which I talk about a lot and teach. And the four elements of gain, which is an acronym, are gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment. So again, incorporating some of Dr. Kabat-Zinn's domains of intention and non-judgment, and the one you just mentioned, which is acceptance. And these four principles, by the way, of gratitude, acceptance, intention, and non-judgment are universal. They are embodied and expressed in all really positive philosophic and religious traditions. So the truth is very simple. Those are the four domains of happiness. And we can talk about those. And I also talk about the three legs of the stool on which our physical wellness rests. And that is, or they are rather, sleep, exercise, and nutrition. So when you're sick and even when you're healthy, you need to have a plan. You need to be purposeful about your sleep hygiene, about your exercise routine, even if it's just going out for a walk every day, and your nutrition, your diet. I think these three things are essential to our physical well-being. And without our physical well-being, we will be very distracted by our bodies. And again, here comes the negativity bias. You know, oh, I'm losing muscle mass. I'm getting fat. I don't really feel great about myself. I'm not sleeping well. I'm tired. And when we're tired, we tend to pick up sugary and fatty so-called comfort foods to give us a temporary boost. Mm -hmm. And those are not healthy. And then we crash. And then our fatigue is perhaps amplified. And so we're too tired to exercise. So these three elements of sleep, exercise, and nutrition are all very interrelated, just like the gain elements. And if you get off the rails, you can get into what we would call a positive feedback loop where you, you, you're not sleeping well, you're fatigued, so you're not exercising, so you're not eating well, so you're not sleeping well because you're not exercising and eating well, and therefore you're not exercising even more, and your diet suffers as well, typically. So we really need to have a plan to keep our physical well-being on track, and I'm, I'm sure that message is central to much of what you talk about, having looked at some of your podcasts and, and your website a bit. And just looking at you physically. (laughs) 
Thank you so much. And <laughs> it's true. We are so aligned in that regard. Uh, I kind of want to sidestep a little bit because we're in the season of SAD, um, seasonal affective disorder, and it's a real thing. So what is it about the winter season that makes us feel more prone to anxiety, depression, and burnout? Great question. Uh, I would say that first, let's go to the three pillars of our physical well-being, sleep, exercise, and nutrition. So typically in the winter, especially if it's in California, raining a lot, up in the mountains, snowing a lot, but that, that of course, that could be a good thing, but right. we're having too much of a good thing right now. In fact, we want the rain also, but the fact is that in the winter, when the weather is cold and rainy or snowy or just messy outside, we tend to get out less, of course, and that may compromise our exercise routine. A lot of us just spend time outside exercising. So we run outside, we go for walks outside, we cycle outside. I would put myself in that, certainly in that category. Um, so in the winter, where our exercise regimen tends to suffer a bit, um, you know, it's many of us are very responsive to our environments, like being one. You know, I grew up outside of Chicago, and even on a clear day with a cloudless sky, there always was just a bit of haze. You know, the colors were just not as bright as they are here in California. So I've been out in California for a long time. And one thing that I appreciate every single day, this is part of my gain or gratitude, the G and gain practice, is how beautiful the, the sky is, how bright blue, how brilliant the greens and yellows and reds and oranges are. And many of us are very sensitive to light, uh, as well as other factors in our physical environment. I certainly am sound. I'm very annoyed by noise and so on. These things get to me. So I sit in my home, I collect art, and I just love my environment. But in the winter, when we kind of lose that connection with nature to some degree, and that sensitivity we have to our surroundings means that we're just not outside very much. Of course, you know, our, our physical well-being is going to suffer and our mental well-being is going to suffer as well. So I, I, I put a lot of it down to our sensitivity to the environment and also with regard to our physical well-being, the fact that we just don't get as much exercise and we're just not out in nature. You know, one of the examples I give when I talk about the I in gain or intention, the purposefulness of being positive. So rewiring our brains away from our negativity bias and being present. An example is taking a walk in the forest. You know, we are just enamored with our footfall on the soft forest floor, the bed of pine needles. We gaze up and we see the sun filtering down through the high canopy of leaves above us, the beautiful colors, the, the old trees all around us and the splendor of that. And we sort of lose our sense of being a separate self and kind of merge with the nature around us and we're present. And so again, that's a good example of happiness residing in the present moment. We are present. We're not worried at that moment in the forest about what happened yesterday, something we said that embarrassed us or we're not overthinking the future and the list of things we have to do tomorrow. 
we are present and happy. And so in the winter, we just don't have, we tend not to have that experience as much, at least for most of us. I was absolutely with you in that forest, by the way, you are such a great communicator. <laughs> you illustrated that beautifully. And I know the audience can't see, but you have such a beautiful green, lush backyard and your surroundings are gorgeous. So I just want to well, I'm very out there. It's another element for my gratitude practice is that I live on Stanford campus, which is beautiful. And I live in a home designed by an architect named Eichler. I, th I think you have Eichler homes down there in San Diego as well, but there are a lot of them in this area. And there are a lot of floor to ceiling windows. So in the winter, my, you know, I get the winter blues when I look at my energy bills because <sighs> I have so much glass in my house that of course it's hard to keep it warm in the winter, but it does have the beautiful light coming in. And as you suggested, the the greenery and, and all the rooms have sliders going out to patios. And so it's a great indoor outdoor house. And again, one of the things I like about it so much is the access to the outdoors, both visually and physically. It's just easy to open a slider and step outside. And again, we go to the winter blues and we, you know, we just don't have that in the winter. In fact, as you know, being here on the West Coast, it has been raining almost incessantly for, I don't know, it seems like months. And today we have a break in the weather before the next so-called atmospheric river and it's beautiful outside so after our interview i'm going right outside and you know just a good example of how just constant rain and dreary weather can really be depressing i've been in my house by myself quite a lot i'm on sabbatical right now so i'm i'm not in the hospital and you know i have to say it affects me just like it affects everybody else we do get a bit sad I I'm right there with you. I'm always having to be busy. And my, my challenge to myself right now is to number one, spend more time outside. And I'm going to be doing the same thing when we enter in the center view. Also, I have to be outside today. The sun is shining. Yesterday was a beautiful too, but it's been gloomy here. We're getting the same weather as you. And uh, it really does something to the psyche, but I'm really trying to slow it down and not feel like I have to fill every single moment with something and maybe just being with myself and spending more time meditating is a better use of my time, um, especially during this time of weather. And that's why I wanted to bring up the bring up sad because I know there's there's probably somebody listening right now that's going through it. Absolutely. No, so many of us are afflicted with depression. And, you know, of course, it's a spectrum. But uh, I think as we've identified, most of us feel a little bit blue in the winter. And again, the good news is we have this wonderful quality called neuroplasticity. So we can we can attend to that. There are paths out of that gloominess, um, but we need to have a plan. But for many people, they are further along the spectrum of sadness and, and just truly feel surrounded by blackness and as though they're in a deep hole and there appears to be no way out of it. And that's what got me interested in wellness and medicine because medicine is a specialty that has a high rate of suicide. And, 
you know, burnout and burnout is a condition caused by chronic stress. And part of that is depression. And so my heart goes out to everybody listening who is on, you know, maybe in the upper quartile for feeling sad, especially in the winter, um, but maybe all the time. And, and the good news is there is a way out. Um, there's a lot of wonderful stuff going on. I, I'm particularly intrigued, of course, you know, meditation and the gain approach, I think, uh, and focus on our physical well-being as well, as we've discussed, is is very important. There are also some great, I think the, the idea of psychedelics, for example, holds great promise mm -hmm. for people with depression, whether it's microdosing or having guided macrodosing experiences. So in any case, my heart goes out to everybody who's on the extreme end of the sadness that pretty much all of us feel in the wintertime at times, especially when the weather is unfavorable for being outside for days to weeks at a time or maybe months. So I think this is a really, really important topic. And I thank you for for bringing it up. Absolutely. And I I think that part of the solution is something that you can offer us today. And how does three minutes a day improve negative thoughts and how does that rewire our brain? All right. Well, let's take, do we have three minutes to go through that? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> let's just kind of walk through the gain morning practice. So we get up in the morning, we open the blinds. Hopefully there's some natural light coming in. We've discussed the importance of that. Do our morning hygiene thing and then find a quiet, comfortable place to sit. You know, a lot of people, Jaina, have stayed away from meditation. They've been told that it, you have to sit still for 30 minutes without moving and maybe even in an uncomfortable position and should banish all thoughts from your mind. Well, nobody can do that, or at least very few people can do that. I certainly cannot. So hence the three-minute practice, which is just designed to start to rewire our brains away from these ways our brains are currently wired that veil our happiness. So we find that comfortable place to sit. We close our eyes and we just focus on the breath. So I'm actually going to close my eyes. Okay, I'm doing and, it with you. All right. So we focus on the in-breath, the pause, and the effortless exhalation. And let's slow it down. So let's maybe take an in-breath to a count of three, pause to a count of three, and exhale to a count of four. And simply by focusing on our breath and slowing it down, we actually decrease the amount of adrenaline in our body we actually decrease our heart rate and our blood pressure. We decrease the amount of cortisol in our body. So we count the inspiration, the pause, the exhalation. And then we go to that for which we're grateful. We talked about the beautiful nature that is around us. Even if we live in a city, it's accessible. We're grateful for the beauty and the majesty of nature itself. If we live in the United States, we're grateful for living in a relatively safe place compared to other parts of the world. So we're grateful for having a, a home. We're grateful for our relative health, albeit imperfect. 
it could be worse. So we're grateful for the nature around us, place to live, relative safety, access to food, our physical well-being. And we link this to our breath. We focus again on the breath, slowing it down. We transition to acceptance. We recognize that pain is as much a part of life as joy. And the pain is inevitable. We've all lost loved ones. We've lost relationships that were very dear to us. We've had times of depression. It's our human nature to think the way we do and to be depressed at times. So we actually embrace this pain. We know that suffering is a product of pain and resistance. The pain we cannot necessarily change. But if we lower our resistance, if we fully accept it, our suffering will be diminished. So we take this pain, we think of a painful or uncomfortable experience, we bring it closer and closer, we open our chest, we envision opening our hearts, we bring this pain into our heart, we envelop it, we nurture it with our heart, we embrace it. We ask ourselves, can I live with this pain forever? And when the answer is yes, we have accepted it. And we generally find that the pain is not as severe as we thought. We, we can focus on letting go and just accepting this. It's part of our human nature. And we transition to the I in gain, which is intention. So we may spend five seconds focusing on our physical sensations. The sound we may hear could be a plane going by in the distance. We focus on the feeling of the chair against our body, the tingling sensation on the bottom of our feet. We spend five or 10 seconds just focusing on this moment. And then we go to our general intention of really having a plan for being more present and more positive and taking care of our physical well-being with a plan. Our intention to focus on sleep hygiene and exercise and nutrition. So we rest into this intention of which we are all capable. We focus on the breath and we transition to non-judgment, the end in gain. We might envision a picture of the earth, one of these beautiful NASA images with the earth apparently suspended in space. And we feel and know that the earth is neither good nor bad. The earth is simply a planet. The earth is simply the planet that it is. And so it's only rational for us to recognize that I too am neither good nor bad. I am simply the person, the human being that I am. I am neither good nor bad. I am simply that I am. And we repeat, I am. And we link this to our breath, slowly breathing in, pausing, and slowly breathing out the I am. And we return to focus on the breath. And we slowly open our eyes and we're ready to go out in the world. I feel so connected and so peaceful. I'm ready to go outside. <laughs> uh, I'll meet you out there. Please. I have so appreciated this time with you today, Dr. Hammer. And I just want to thank you for sharing your pearls of wisdom with us today. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure, Jana. I'd be happy to join you anytime.
Yeah, we'd love to have you back. We just want to feel good. We just want to feel joy. We just want to feel genuine happiness. And you've given us the incredible tools to do that. Well, I hope so. And I thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, where can we find you and where can we find your book? You can go to my website, which is lovingly maintained by my social media folk. And that is greghammermd.com, G-R-E-G-H-A-M-M-E-R-M-D.com. And uh, there's a link to the book there and lots of other media. And hopefully our conversation will be up there soon. Yeah, I hope so. I would love that. And um, I'll also put all of this information in the show notes as well. So it's easy to access. And again, thank you so much for being here and being with us today. Thank you, Jaina. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Ageless. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Tune in next week for a new episode.